You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Maya Angelou. Welcome, my friends, to episode 93. Two of my goals last month were to eliminate one thing per week, preferably in my business, and somehow create space in my calendar. I've been working diligently on my goals for my business, my health, and my personal growth for six months, as many of you have seen on social media. And as I shared in episode 89, Rhythms of Reflection, I have a regular practice of reflecting, evaluating, and recalibrating that allows me to determine where I am on those goals at the month, quarter, and six-month marks. Now, as you know, declaring a goal to others who will hold you accountable increases your chances of achieving it by about 90%, even when you don't actually know how you'll do it when you begin. And that's where I was. I thought I had no idea what I could eliminate or how I could eliminate things. And my perception was that the only way to grow or expand was to add things in. I felt overwhelmed and I was a little bit like a hamster on a wheel. Now my two goals make a little bit more sense, don't they? But when you practice growth principles, share goals and work in community, things begin to happen. Suddenly it was clear to me each week what was supposed to be eliminated how the paradox of turning things off, in quotes, or shutting things down would actually create the space I was craving, allowing for more expansion in ways that I couldn't see before. As a leader, it's important to be able to move through these exercises and these experiences, both for ourselves and for those we lead, even when moving forward doesn't outwardly look like what we expect moving forward to look like. For instance, moving backwards, or shutting something down, or turning something off. Then my conversation with Amber Furman in last week's episode, number 92, put it all in perspective. Amber went through quite a transformation in her work, nearly tossing her law practice, only to find out that she could use it in different ways than she originally planned, just by changing her own definition of success. If you've not heard that conversation, I encourage you to scroll back one episode and check it out, because it's really good. But it got me thinking, gosh, what's my definition of success? Sounds kind of big, doesn't it? And scary. Of course, as soon as I did that, my brain went to work and I came to some amazing and interesting realizations. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. My current personal definition and my thoughts and processes for getting there. But first though, I want to reflect back on what Amber said last week. Your definition of success doesn't need to be one big thing. It can be applied to each area of your life and shift and change based on where you are in your own growth, your circumstances, and your journey. Kind of like how I've described your purpose. So that's where I'm going to start for you with my processes. Amber and I both use a tool called a life wheel. This is just a simple pie chart made popular by Zig Ziglar that allows me to rate my own satisfaction with any one particular area of my life. I use it as part of my reflection and evaluation process, and I never really thought about the fact that what I do on a regular basis is actually redefining success in each area I review. 
every time I do it. So, hey, Andrea, good news. You kind of already do this. Now, let's just take it a little bit deeper and redefine it. So when I look at my rhythms of reflection, the ones that I shared with you back in episode 89, setting up my own standards and calibrating to them is the language I use for success. You see, the dictionary definition of success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So setting my own standards or goals gives me an aim and purpose. And when I accomplish them, I'm successful. Ta-da! So as far as I'm concerned, I succeeded last month, at least in the two goals that I shared, eliminating one thing per week and creating space in my calendar. Those were my goals, my standards, and my desires. I think the problems have always come, at least for me, when the goals have not really been mine. When I set standards against which to measure my achievements or growth or whatever that aren't actually mine, I never achieve success. I never feel successful. As Amber put it, there's always a void you're trying to fill. This is such an important point to understand, and it applies to every area of life, but specifically, I want to talk to you about four major ones. First, it applies to work and career. When my goals were set by my job, my boss, or my organization, whether or not they were in my areas of strength, skill, or ability just to meet the goals of the organization, I never felt true ownership or engagement. I did them to gain someone else's approval, or worse, to get a raise. As much as I hate to admit it, a win it is, but it's a hollow one. It also applies to health and wellness. When my weight or appearance standards have been set by others, or I've allowed them to be set by others like family, society, or even healthcare professionals, without understanding who I am and where I want to go and be, I may have achieved them at the time, but they've never been permanent. I've started over so many times, I know you know what I'm talking about, and experienced all the guilt, shame, and regret that went along with every single one of those failures. Third, it also applies to personal growth. When my personality traits are seen as weaknesses to be overcome or alleviated, think things like, she's too talkative, or gosh, you're loud, do you have to be so strong and opinionated? Girl, you are bossy, and even just a leader. When I'm working toward an external or societal expectation of acting in a certain way, (laughs) y'all, I will never, ever be demure, I live in a constant state of fear that I'll never measure up because these things are not my strengths. They're not my unique traits and characteristics. But it also applies to the spiritual side of life. When my spiritual maturity is measured against a set of religious standards of behavior, specific patterns of belief in an organization, then I am performing for the approval of others. I have felt the hollow ring of working harder and harder, more detailed and passionately following every single rule, only to find that there's no way to truly meet any standard of any other human. I will always fall short. These standards are not inside the heart, the mind, and the spirit where spiritual growth and maturity actually takes place. So with that understanding, I'm still learning to set my own standards, to calibrate them based on who I am, who I want to be, where I want to go, my values, my mission, my passion, my interests, my beliefs, my strengths, skills, experience, and wisdom. 
This is why I practice reflecting, evaluating, and recalibrating on a regular basis. Thinking all of this through helped me realize that my definition of success is pretty darn close to that Maya Angelou quote from earlier. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. If I don't like myself, what I do and how I do it, I'm going to be in constant turmoil. And I would go so far as to say that most of us would be. I also believe wholeheartedly that this is why I'm actually achieving my goals this year in ways I never have before. Because I've come to the understanding that they truly need to be mine based on knowing who I am, what I want, and knowing how I want to do it. So thank you so much, Maya Angelou, for articulating it so perfectly for me. Now here's my advice to you. If you've not yet determined your own definition of success, if you've not yet figured out how to create your own standards by which you will measure your satisfaction, happiness, and achievement, now is a great time to do it. One caveat though, if there are external standards that, like the Maya Angelou quote that works so well for me, you have found that line up with who you are, great. If your job, work, and career truly is who you are, what you want, and you can do it in a way that makes you happy, awesome. This advice is designed to fit into any situation. Just figure out where you need to apply it in your own life and go from there. My mission is to equip and empower female leaders to think critically, create imaginatively, and lead effectively in any situation, team, or organization. This is for you, my friend. Just ask yourself how honest you're being in these next three areas. First, know yourself. This means understanding things like your strengths. Do you know what they are? Do you celebrate them? Do you use them? Do others know them? Your skills. And by this, I mean all of them, even the ones you may not have worked to develop or the ones that your experience has developed. How about the ones that others come to you for help with? Your values, what are they? Are you honoring them daily? Are you making choices and decisions using them as guardrails? Are you paying attention to when they're not honored? And your beliefs, yes, these are different from your values. Are you hanging on to some that no longer resonate? Have they changed and you've not really acknowledged it? Or do you need to better articulate a few of them? Of course, this area, this is my wheelhouse. I have tools and assessments to help you figure these things out if you've never really taken the time to discover them. But when you know yourself, truly know yourself, it will open up your eyes to the rest of the equation. So do you honestly know yourself? Second, know what you want to do in three big areas, namely your work. What type of work do you want to do? Where would you like to work? How much money would you like to make? What work makes you feel fulfilled? Is there a passion or mission that draws you to do a specific kind of work? How about play? What makes you happy? Where do you spend your free time? What brings you joy? And then there's your future. Is what you're doing now what you always want to be doing? If not, what would that be? What do you want your future to look like? When you start contemplating these things based on who you know yourself to be, they won't be as mysterious. 
For example, knowing that I'm a born leader, literally my disc type is called the leader, with speaking, teaching, and managing skills, and values like freedom, authenticity, and community, it should come as no surprise that for my work, I'd like to be self-employed doing pretty much what I do now. I'm talking to you here, working with other female leaders and helping them become everything they can be. Now, that may not be your path. You might be a professional who's truly dedicated to your industry and the clients you serve based on your own values, strengths, skills, and beliefs. But when you know, you know. So are you honestly working to know yourself and based on that, what you want to do? Third, know how you want to do it. That's what intentional optimism is all about. I say this phrase at the end of every guest interview. We all live unique and different lives. And while what we do is different, intentional optimism is how we do what we do. It's the attitudes and mindsets we employ and embody to live out our own goals and dreams with excellence. The six tenets of intentional optimism are optimistic. I am hopeful, positive, proactive, and present. I embrace a sense of wonder. I'm generous, kind, and open. I'm energetic. I'm industrious, joy-filled, and life-focused. Courageous. I lead with a sense of adventure, always cultivating resilience. I'm wise. I look for understanding, and I am careful with my words, always growing and modeling respect. And I am intentional. I move with a sense of purpose as I plan and I grow. Now, whether or not you embrace these six tenets as how you want to do what you do isn't the point. These are my how, and I offer them to you. If you have your own, even better, you've already done this work. Now all you have to do is apply it. But be honest with yourself in these areas, and you will be able to define your own success on a daily basis. I promise. Now to recap, my definition of success, and I'm using Maya Angelou's lovely quote here, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And my process to get there my rhythms of reflection, regularly reflecting, evaluating, and recalibrating. And you can call it regularly defining success, but it's all based on knowing yourself, knowing what you want to do, and how you want to do it. Remember, my work and passion is to equip and empower you. I'm here to offer guidance in the form of advice that you get here on the podcast, in my social media posts, my blog posts, or my email newsletter. But if you need support or help, I'm here. I'm ready. I absolutely love watching women realize their own leadership abilities and qualities and begin moving in a whole new way. So how can I help you? Now, before I go, I'd like to ask a favor of you. Would you share this podcast with a friend? It's always great to get a rating and a review, so don't skimp there. But the reality is that most people listen to a new podcast because a friend recommended it. I know that's true of me. Almost all the podcasts that I listen to were recommended to me by a friend or colleague, and we all have limited time and attention, so it's important that I listen to ones that truly benefit me and my growth. So if this podcast has done that for you, either one of the amazing and inspiring interviews or one of my solos, please share. I would greatly appreciate it. You see, I like doing this work. I like who I am when I do this work, and I love how I'm doing it. I hope that comes across to you and that you're benefiting from me doing what I believe I am here to do. 
If you'd like to chat more, you can email me or set up a 30-minute consultation. All of my information is in the show notes. I truly look forward to hearing from you. Tell me how you are becoming more successful based on working toward your own goals and standards. Until next time. Hey, thanks for spending your precious time with us today. If you love this podcast and find it to be uplifting and helpful, follow us or subscribe. Then please take a moment and leave a review and one of those amazing five-star ratings. You can also snap a screenshot right where you listen, share it to social media and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, schedule a free discovery session and we'll chat. But maybe you're an entrepreneur looking for a support team. I'd like to personally invite you into my collaborative community, Launch from the Beach. It could be just what you're looking for. All of my contact information and all the links are included in the show notes. And don't forget, you can always connect with other intentional optimists in our Facebook community. You can follow my Facebook or Instagram page, or even connect with me on LinkedIn. Additionally, I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter, Optimistic Living. It's good stuff delivered straight to your inbox on a not so strict schedule, but always from the heart. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level, in any area, using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time.